You are listening to the third episode of What Are You Frightened For, where myself, Louise Burns, and me, Nick Penske, aka Johnny Suck, aka The Back Office, look at the themes of anxiety, fear, interpretation, spooky stuff in the films of Fantasia 2017. And in this episode, we're going to talk about... Good Time. Friendly Beast, which we both saw, and And Bushwick. Bushwick. So let's start with Good Time, which is probably my favorite or second favorite movie of the festival this year. Are you including Terminator in 3D? Uh, Okay, so I'm sorry, top three movies. Terminator 2 and 3D was really good. Not because it was in 3D, just because it's Terminator 2. Mm. That's why we had to qualify that. Yeah, so Good Time. It's a film by Ben and Josh Safdie. And it turns out it stars Edward from Twilight. When I arrived at the theater, there was a lot more paparazzi type of people and yeah, young, excited women uh, than they're usually at a Fantasia screening. So Good Time is a dark, one-night adventure through New York City, where you have two brothers who try to hold up a bank, Things go wrong, of course, and then there's a story that follows of them trying to fix the situation. Pretty simple premise mm-hmm. and really well executed. The film had a really heavy on style, had a very intense, present, exciting soundtrack. The visuals were amazing, where it was lots of close ups. It was very, most of the movies at night, it was very dark with you know, neon lights, with scenes that are just lit by cop car sirens, and had a real urgency that was really interesting. The main character in the movie, named Connie, played by the Twilight Guy. He has a name, but whatever, it's Twilight Guy. <laughs> uh, you know, he's on a mission, and the director said the movie was about a character with a very singular purpose, which is was Here's a character, he's in a bad spot, and he has one goal that he's trying to do. Won't go too deep in the plot, I don't want to give spoilers, but the film, yeah, very well put together. It's the type of thing where there's scenes in prisons, and it's the cast are actual prisoners who've been released from prison, and the prison wardens are actual prison wardens to try and give a very legit feel to it, which I thought the movie had. Which also implies that the heist went bad and they got arrested? Or is that a spoiler? Uh, okay, someone ends up anything. in prison at some point. Okay. This film, you know, I've, I seek out movies that are very can be difficult to watch and that are can be intense and yeah, I have a pretty iron stomach when it comes to watching things. But this movie actually had a scene that made me really uncomfortable. Oh, wow. And I found very upsetting, which is Extremely rare. Because you're describing what sounds like a fairly big budget mainstreamy film. I'm not sure how big the budget is. Okay. I think it's gonna get a decent release. It comes out in a few weeks in August. Yes, yeah, maybe medium so we budget. Can all look forward to see what freaked Johnny Suck out. So what are you frightened for then, Johnny? What what was it? Well, I think in it there's two brothers. One of them okay gets busted. Mm-hmm. Said, and so the other one, his goal is trying to save the one who's busted. Mm. So I told you about my brother, yeah? Something happened. 
I don't know exactly what. He's been arrested. He's being held at Rikers Island. Got my little brother, who I'm, you know, always got his back, got to watch out for him. And seeing that and saying, oh man. And I know my brother, he could easily get in trouble with the cops and get busted. And so in that way, I thought the movie was very interesting to see that. The character's goal, of, his goal is to save his brother. And he's doing all these things that are, you know, morally reprehensible, but it's for a good cause. For a greater cause. And the movie's really interesting in that way. And, you know, I could relate to that part of the story. So I think one of the things that I appreciated about it is the mission of saving your little brother. So a big that. recommendation, though, for you. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. And it's, it's yeah, good time by the Safdie brothers. Sounds like it's a horrible time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where they got the title from. <laughs> Opera name, but good film. Hmm. And the next film we both saw together was called Friendly Beast. And it's a Portuguese thriller. Um, do you want to run through the plot? The yes, plot so it's pretty basic. Uh, basic. There's some characters in a restaurant. Something goes down. Everyone gets locked in the restaurant, and I guess one person is kind of taking everyone hostage, and pretty much things break down, people aren't getting along. This is a terrible it's... explanation. Uh, <laughs> that's what it was, no? Well, it's just that if something goes down, it's like too vague, I would say. Alright, well, because... well, what went down? Uh, well, just in because it wasn't just something that goes down. It's basically two people who come in to rob the restaurant and therefore tie up the people who are both working there and assault the customers. I commented that it seemed like a play because it's very much a one-set film. Um, there's like two rooms in the one set. There's the restaurant and the kitchen. And first you're sort of introduced to the dynamics of the people who work there. Um, the flirtation between the waitress and the and someone who works in the kitchen who's got a more menial job and then also sort of a sexual tension between the restaurant owner and the person who works there and then everybody's frustration about restaurant clients coming in late one is an ex-cop the other is a couple who are kind of grotesquely in love with each other you know and uh, so it has uh, you know my concept of the horror is like I I think I commented that this person must have worked in restaurants before <laughs> and a lot of it was sort of like a revenge film on the frustration of that kind of a job. The people in the kitchen are frustrated because of, uh, you know, being expected to work overtime, certain conditions. So there's, there's the kind of employment frustration and then there's the anarchic busting in of these two criminals who first try to sexually assault the customer. And there's a lot of, there's revenge, like the person who's assaulted takes revenge. Unexpectedly, people react way more violently than anticipated. Do you want to comment a bit more on that? Yeah, I didn't see the revenge part of it because it was so much more than, of like the reaction was way more than it had to be for the situation. It was really just the person who was maybe doing the revenge is, well, no, they're the bad guy here, and they're just acting out, mm -hmm. not street trying to get revenge. And, you know, I tend to enjoy movies with this kind of setting of a bunch of strangers get put into a small space, and things are violent, or there's, you know, they have been fighting, or you know, there's a lot of paranoia of what's going on, mm -hmm. and 
I like that type of movie a lot, but I didn't like this version of it. You know, just the setting that it was set in a restaurant didn't really make sense. Like, why don't they just walk out the door? Yeah, there was a couple of <laughs> like, moments like that. Why, sure. why are we all locked in the restaurant? There's mm -hmm. there's a key in a door. Leave. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, there's a phone. Use it to call help. Uh, you know, compared to other movies like this, where sometimes it's like they're in a bunker underground mm -hmm. and they're stuck there. You're in a cabin in the woods mm -hmm. and you're stuck there. One of the other points, uh, at one point they introduce a bit of suspicion that perhaps the people who are robbing the restaurant are in fact in the employer or set up by either the frustrated cook or even the waitress. So there's a point where an interesting theme of suspicion and accusation and truth comes in but it's not uh, it's not exploited it, it just is that so the kind of the motivation like she she definitely it's a, it's a female Portu uh, Portuguese filmmaker and so she definitely is speaking about power dynamics you can feel that a lot but she kind of fails in the motivation so you're not really uh, you don't like any of the characters no. and you don't identify with any of the motivation and so there ultimately there's very little takeaway in terms of what it is actually trying to say, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd say especially for the, you know, the main person was trying to take everyone hostage and exert his revenge, the motivation wasn't there, right? Because it wasn't, the people who tried to break in the restaurant wasn't enough to say, oh, we're gonna take everyone hostage and- Go completely berserko. Yeah. And so just from that, the rest of the movie didn't make sense. I'm like, why is any of this happening? Mm -hmm. The performances were really good, and the some of the characters were kind of amusing, and not definitely not North American, like definitely a European film. So, I doubt I don't we don't expect that it'll have much of a release. No, not and here. I I guess the uh, what the themes of I guess would be I mean you stuck around for the Q and A, and and one of the themes was brought up as oppression, yep. and I would say that I definitely felt the frustration of, you know, having a boss and not, not having, you know, having a boss and being told what to do and being frustrated because you don't have the keys so that you can take the garbage out or whatever the kind of work related. Also, the owner of the restaurant is always being uh, phoned by his wife and so you can feel the domestic relationship frustration of being, uh, you know, nagged from afar. People have aspirations to move up or to be, you know, recognized, and that's not happening. So a lot of that was like what I would say is the uh, the frightened part. Yeah, I could see that. But then the rest of the movie, the setting of it, didn't really fit yeah. that that well. And take a quick detour and talk about a film I saw on Sunday called Mayhem which was very much about the frustration of jobs and bosses. And it was about this character who works in a law office. And you, you can tell the movie is very much about the director's hate <laughs> and the writer's hate for their own corporate jobs. Mm. Because, you know, you have this- Lucky them that they have a film to get, re release it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the director talked about how the day before 
he started shooting, he was at his corporate job, and then he goes to shoot his, you know, film for a few weeks. And he gets to unleash all those tensions. And so it's a movie about kind of a regular everyday Joe who works in this law firm, and there's a virus that makes everyone go nuts, and the building gets quarantined, right, because you can't have this virus spread. So there's your premise for why people are locked in this building. Mm -hmm. And then you have protagonist and a sidekick just go on a killing rampage of everyone in the office who's shot them down, who's blocked them on something, oh, who wouldn't give them a raise, who are holding the keys. And yeah, movie's mayhem it was just blood and gore and ridiculous fight scenes of this, you know, to get this uh, catharsis of <laughs> for people who hate their jobs to get it out of them. Yeah. And looking at all this, you know, corporate BS mm -hmm. that love to deal with. I think this is a modern theme. Yeah. <laughs> Hating your job. And Mayhem will have a theatrical release later on in the fall for uh, streaming in February. So uh, look for that instead of Friendly Beast. The last one we're going to cover is a film called Bushwick. And that is billed as a B movie, which. Um, I don't know actually what a B-movie means anymore, but it definitely is one. And there's a director team of Carrie Mernion and Jonathan Millat. And it opens with this great helicopter shot of Bushwick, which is a neighborhood in Brooklyn, where you can see a huge expanse of congested buildings, but not high rises. And then they, you know, the Manhattan skyline in the distance. And the music is uh, hip-hop producer Aesop Rock, which is incredibly perfect for that great opening, set the scene. And then you're realizing that you're in this helicopter and this point of view, and this, this is not just an establishing shot, but it's foretelling what's gonna happen. The action goes into the subway where this um, pretty blonde woman played by Brittany Snow and her uh, boyfriend are coming out of a subway they're going off to visit grandma they are going uh, they comment that it's odd that no one is in the subway the boyfriend decides to go up the stairs to see what's going on and he immediately comes flying back down the stairs and completely in flames because he's been firebombed so like another film or a common thing that we were talking about, it's about how life can turn on a dime because suddenly the whole film is not this pleasant domestic little let's go visit grandma, but it is very much a uh, film about going from point A to point B. So you're seeing Bushwick, which is like a, you know, it's Brooklyn, it looks very familiar, it could be the middle end, it could be anything, but it is, you know, filled with riot cops and civilians having a very intense gun battle, um, you know, snipers. She, there's no explanation of what this is going on and she's just trying to not be shot and move in this environment. And so she sneaks down into like a basement apartment where there immediately she, guns are drawn on her and she potentially is going to be assaulted. And the character who's the second character, David ba Bausta, who is- Batista. At, Batista. Hi, Batista. Sorry, he's a wrestler. This is my second wrestler I've seen in Fantasia, and he was also in Gardens of the Galaxy, so he's the big name. And he defends her, and he's this kind of huge, strong, silent type who was a medic in the Marines and now is a janitor, and you 
get the impression that he has had a hard life and there's this silent pain going through him. But she convinced him to go help her go check on grandma. And so eventually you find out that what's going on is that the riot cops are actually a group of militia formed mostly of southern states that want to succeed from the United States and that they are under the impression that it would be easy to begin first at Bushwick, that there would be no uprising. What they don't know is that everybody's armed, basically. Can you tell me your name? Lucy. Please don't leave me here. There's like a whole army that's just killing people. Not just here, everywhere. This is an invasion. And so the civilians are running around defending themselves. And supposedly this idea was conceived after Governor Rick Perry suggested that Texas should succeed from the United States when President Obama was elected, but before Trump was elected. So it is just, it is the thinnest part of the entire film in that there's no not much elaboration on this whole motivation or the political it is just used as a backdrop it's not about that right it's about the characters it, trying to get across the city yeah and for that it reminded me very much of warriors there's some a lot of not taking itself very seriously one point you know you see a gang and it's oh it's a hasidic jew gang that are like fighting back it reminded me of the student riots in some ways but only with, you know, imagined with everybody being armed. So there was that kind of delight of like, good time revolution, you know. A lot of it is shot by either a handheld or a steady cam following the action. So the cameras almost appears like a, a third person and that the point of view is very um, much from that single camera and it gives the appearance of the single shot kind of film, Speaking even of though it's not really that. You feel like you're running around through the yeah. streets with them. Yeah. And it was really well received by the audience at Fantasia and it was fun. And the other thing without spoiling too much is that it had some surprising um, death counts, let's put it that way, that give a, ultimately a very dark message. So as much as it didn't, um, or was very light on kind of giving more depth to the political context that it's using as the premise, there are certain parts that you realize, okay, they're not they're not gonna hold back on some level. Like they're, they are going to, they're, they're not gonna rose color glass the whole thing, you know, like. Uh, and again, in terms of the, you know, themes of, of, of what are you frightened for? It, it looks like this film is wild and preposterous and yet incredibly familiar because of the familiarity of the characters, you know, hipsters or whatever, and of the neighborhoods and of the place. And, you know, as I said, the student riots, like it looks so familiar and yet it is a carnage, you know. And that's part of the uh, life turns on a dime thing where yes. you could see, oh wow, so this is what it would look like if something like this happened. Yeah, and just really comment on the uncertainty of our times. So that's it. All right, thanks for listening and stay tuned to Wednesday morning after. <laughs>